0: Hello, my name is Paul Adlington. I live in London with my wife and family, and I'm the leader of the Bear Church in Deptford. This video and podcast is one of a series in which I'm reading chapters from my book, Bear Christianity. I've written Bear Christianity to share my stories and thoughts about religion, faith, God, and people, hoping that I might be able to help others think about these things too. Bear Christianity, chapter one, beans on toast. I have a friend coming to town. He's a prophet and I'd like you to meet him, said Ken. What's he gonna say, I replied. Does he know things about people? Will he know things about me? Things that I don't know? When's he coming? Ken McGreevy had invited some other people to meet the prophet too. We didn't all know each other, but we knew Ken. Ken was a gifted public speaker. When he spoke, everybody listened, and he always spoke for the right amount of time too. Years later, one thing I can still hear Ken saying Don't let your history dictate your destiny. Don't let your history dictate your destiny. Ken usually said everything twice. In private, Ken would always ask, how are you and how is your family? And he'd always remember. So about 20 church leaders sat in a room above the old bear pub in Deptford, ready to listen to a prophet, a prophet I'd never heard of, but there because Ken had invited us. And we were fascinated, well who wouldn't be? A prophet watches and listens to the signs and voices of the times and tries to work them out and communicate them for people to understand and respond. We're all prophets to some extent. It's what makes us invent and create and perform. It's not always easy to grasp or explain a change in the air, a sign in the times or a word from God because it's usually just a sense or a feeling. But those senses and feelings need expressing. They need to come out. And that's what launches artists and musicians, poets and writers, filmmakers and explorers, mathematicians and philosophers. That's what launches us into action. This need to explain what's going on in the air. There is something in them provoking them to explain it in their own language, in their own way. To tell that great story, the story of romance as it were, between spirituality and science, where emotion and reason fall in and out of love, where God and the cosmos connect and live forever. As far as I can remember, Ken's prophet friend was called Steve. Now, I'm not sure if Steve referred to himself as a prophet or if that's what other people called him. To call yourself a prophet seems a bit um, egotistical, but Steve came across as quite humble. So I think he was called a prophet because it was the best way of describing what he did or how he spoke. Whichever it was, we expected Steve to invent, create and perform. In our case, that meant him speaking, telling us what he thought God was saying, especially to us. In the Bible, God spoke to lots of diff- in lots of different ways from writing on walls and stone tablets to dreams, feelings, senses and signs. Occasionally he sent angels and one time he spoke through a burning bush, but he usually spoke through a person, a prophet. On most occasions, the prophets spoke with words, but sometimes they'd use pictures or music or actions like Ezekiel who lay on his left side outside of a city for 390 days before lying on his right side for 40 days or Hosea, who prophetically married a promiscuous woman. Or David, who played a harp and danced. Well, we expected Steve just to speak with words. There, there really wasn't enough room for him to dance, and we weren't inclined to stay more than a couple of hours, so there'd not be much point in him lying on his side for over a year. Steve started by addressing us as a group group. Honestly, I can't really remember what he said to the group. It it did feel important, significant at the time. But then he began going round the circle, making comments about each one of us individually. And of course, that's where it started to get interesting, because, well, we can always rely on ourselves to perk up when we are the centre of attention. Some people can tell a lot about you by your body language. But Steve wasn't doing that. He was trying to listen to what God was saying about us. At this point, I should say that prophets need to be careful. They really do need to think before they speak. If God can speak life or death into this world with just a few words, then if a prophet is speaking from God, they should know that their words could be very powerful. And I will come to that a bit later about the power of people's words in a later chapter. Now, to be fair on Steve, he was following the rules from 1 Corinthians 14, where Paul says that prophecy is for encouragement, comfort and the common good. But that doesn't mean I wasn't slightly afraid, afraid of being found out, afraid of being exposed as the spiritual fraud that I half suspected I might be. So I took a few moments to look for skeletons lurking in the closet of my heart. If Steve did abandon the rules just before my turn, then I needed to prepare for a conveniently timed extended toilet break to avoid my shameful exposure. But there wasn't much there as such when I looked. Of course there's plenty I'm ashamed of, but I'm not really trying to be evil and I couldn't see why our loving God would want to publicise my faults. And judging by Steve's words to the others, it looked like I'd be okay, so my bladder remained conveniently comfortable. I didn't expect Steve to start by telling me my name to gain my trust. It's not a magic trick and it's not necessary. In fact, it would probably cause more harm than good. The test of a prophet is not their knowledge of your secrets. It's whether their prophecy is consistent, consistent with the Bible, consistent with what you already know, consistent with what other people you know and trust, consistent with what Christ Jesus is saying. If it encourages, comforts and builds people up, then it's a good start. And if Jesus ends up with the glory, then there's a good chance it's from God. If Steve's prophecy led to either him or me being worshipped by the masses, then there would be something wrong because God's plan is not to feed our egos in that way. So would God have something to say to me and everyone else in the room personally? Does he do that? Well, I think that God has something to say to everybody, everybody. Every now and again, people say to me that they don't hear from God. Sometimes they add the word anymore. They don't hear from God anymore. They say that God is silent. And it's a problem that usually comes when they're trying to discern a way forward in life. They want to follow God's leading, but something is stopping them hearing his voice. Now, when this happens to me, I tried to apply a childhood lesson from my mother uh, uh, and it went like this. Mum, I can't find my shoes. Where did you see them last? Well, I don't know, on my feet. Okay, where did you take them off? So we'd retrace my steps and almost always find them. I don't ever remember having to go out without my shoes on, anyway. If you are looking for a word from God, think back to the last time you heard him speak or felt him close. What did he say then? And how have you responded? Is he simply calling you back to the corner where you veered off? Is he saying, come on, it's this way. I'm still here. Back at the bear, it was nearly my turn and I was almost ready to hear from God through Steve. I say almost because I just needed a moment to question the need for Steve and the need for prophets in general. Why couldn't God just speak to me directly? So I took another moment. I retraced my steps. What was God saying? What had my recent conversations with him been about? And I quickly remembered a hunch, a hunch that I should write. It's a nonsensical hunch really, considering my literary prowess. I had no idea how to write or what to write and certainly no confidence in my ability. I actually had to take English GCSE twice. Nevertheless, Steve was working his way around the room and it seemed like a good opportunity to ask God for a second opinion some confirmation, a backup, an opportunity for somebody to say, yes, you did hear that from God. It wasn't just a misunderstanding. Confirmation is something a prophetic word from a trusted stranger could do very well. So I muttered under my breath, Lord, I think that I am meant to be writing something. If I am, please, can you confirm it through Steve? And when Steve got to me, he said, I sense that God wants you to write I was surprised Uh, I was astounded I hadn't breathed my prayer out loud not loud enough for Steve to hear and he couldn't have read my lips because I hadn't said it really in a way that he could have seen my lips and he was focused on other people and Ken can't have primed him either because Ken had no idea I hadn't shared this hunch with anybody and no Steve didn't say the same thing to everybody Steve went on to tell me that I should write simple fare, offering teaching that is good basic food, like beans on toast. Hence the name of this chapter, and actually the original name of this book, before I thought perhaps Bear Christianity was a better name. He also said some other things to me, which I won't share at this moment, maybe later on in the book if that's appropriate. Now, Ken very kindly wrote everything down, and he presented it to me on a piece of paper, Unfortunately, Ken's writing was so bad that I couldn't read it. Maybe that's why I never saw him use notes for his sermons. Perhaps he couldn't read his own writing. Now, Ken's son, Tim, foresaw this problem and wrote everybody a backup, but Tim's writing is impossible to read too. Which actually reminds me of my son's writing, my oldest son, when he was at school. I could not understand how his teachers could read what he had written I don't know how he passed any exams with that writing although he did quite well when I asked about it my son's tart and exasperated sigh response was that one that is reserved especially for parents meant that I will probably never know what was going on there still the point is on, on that however well recorded or badly recorded I think that God's words get lodged somewhere inside our hearts And in our heads, ready for resurfacing another day. Ready for God to remind us. Which he needs to do, because if you're like me, you just don't remember everything. um, Or you don't write it down very well. In Isaiah 55, God says that his words will not return empty. That's really reassuring. So if you have forgotten what God said to you, and if you can't remember what's going on, I think just looking, somehow it will start to surface again. I wonder whether God reminds us with a frown or a smile. I wonder what the shape of his eyebrows are and the tone of his voice. I'm always surprised when God speaks to other people about me. Maybe it's because there are several 7 billion people in this world and I must be the least of his worries. But he does and he speaks to you too. Now, the writing of this book took a long time to get going. Steve's visit was years ago. We moved out of that pub in Deptford at least 10 years ago. It's quite embarrassing how long it's taken me. It turns out I'm just like others who have a hunch from God and yet we're uncertain and we're waiting for another sign, looking for something else to fall into place, fearful of the consequences, waiting for it to happen without actually doing the work, just being lazy. God may well go as far as writing his words on stone tablets and speaking through burning bushes, but most of his words seem to involve us responding by joining in, by taking the risk, by doing the writing. I should say at this point, although I have written this book, you won't be able to now search it online and find a written copy because it's not published yet. Um, I haven't really looked very hard for a publisher but I am taking the risk. Now, Ken McGreevy is no longer with us. At his funeral, I remember John saying that the world wasn't quite ready to lose Ken. And I and the entire room of hundreds of people all muttered in agreement. Over and out for chapter one.